great morning. Man, that was a great song. Man. Um, just real quick, I have a few announcements for you. Today for Soundhouse is always like, I feel like for us, like, uh, like the Super Bowl. We love Fifth Sundays. We're so excited about our Fifth Sunday church and speaker. And uh, man, it, it, I think you guys are going to be touched and inspired and, um, and just see God's doing great things in, in not just cities like Long Beach, but in cities like Compton. And he's just doing his work. And um, sometimes you got to get out of the way and just let him do what he's doing. And he's done that with us. And I know he's doing that also uh, with City Church of Compton. And so, but just real quick. Just a reminder that uh, the, the City Church of Compton, one of their initiatives is, um, you know, uh, catering and and bringing people in the community and 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 kind of just l- releasing them in business and entrepreneurship. And one of those initiatives is happening right outside after service, and it is a real, real good barbecue. Right, I I do not doubt it. Uh, their team uh, goes and caters everywhere, and uh, we're really excited to have them here. And they wanted to do lunch for us today, so everyone is invited after service today uh, to go out right where the uh, smoker is at. Which uh, and uh, the meal's amazing. Pat himself picked it out, and so I know it's going to be good. And the team is going to be out there, and so I want to invite everybody to do that. If you had lunch plans, unless it was like really, really important, you know what? Just come hang out. Get to know each other. It's so good to sit across from the table and talk to somebody and get to know them, and that's exactly what's going to happen. Also, you'll have you'll be out there, and Pat and his team will all be out there, and feel free to ask as many questions as you want. So real quick, three announcements. One, community groups. They're coming up, <clears throat> and if you have never been in a community group, uh, I highly, highly recommend that you consider just trying it. There's six weeks so it's, it, 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 we do this in a, for a reason because it's, it's easy for some people just to go, okay, I can see myself doing six weeks, especially when you're first starting out. And um, it, we will run it right along the, the course of a series that we're going to be doing. So you'll have the series on Sunday to hear the message, and then you guys will discuss it even further and deeper into your own lives on our community groups. And so right now we have six community, different community groups that we have going. You can go on the website. You can sign up and uh, jump in the community group that either is closer to you or the day works for you. Um, And uh, all of them, I believe, are all at night. Some are happening here on campus. Some will happen in people's homes or backyards. Uh, But I really, really recommend you do it. We are beginning a series during community groups called, uh, really essentially, like we're created to thrive. Now, I, I, I say this in full like respect of the times we've been going through for almost two years, right? We have all been through a a difficult time, no doubt. But I do believe that the kingdom of heaven and the promises that God has and the fullness of life that Christ promised does not be put on pause during a pandemic, right? It cannot be stopped. It will never be stopped. All throughout history, the church and, and, and even just culture has faced hardships, but the church has always found a way, always found a way. There is not one moment in the entire New Testament where either Paul or Peter or John or, or, or anyone writes and says, hold on a minute, take a minute and pause and just hold 
It's always go forward, move forward, reach, connect, try your, everything you can do to thrive and connect with people and share the gospel. So that's what we're going to do in this series. We feel like it's definitely time to no longer in a way, and, and maybe if it's our mentality to just survive, we are called to thrive. In however way the Holy Spirit works on your heart to do it throughout that series, and I'm praying that he does in your own unique way, but to live in that fullness of Christ and not just hunker down. In a way, it's for some, and I'm hoping for even some that you can encourage, it's time to say, hey, it's time to come out of the bunker, right? And that doesn't mean putting yourself in any unsafe situation if you feel that. I feel like there are so many creative ways to share good news, to encourage, to lift up, to be more generous in our life, and we're called definitely to thrive. So do not miss that series, and please, please sign up in the community groups because we will inspire each other when we do that and discuss. So please do that. And then Man Camp is coming up. We have a lot going on in September. Man Camp is for the men's ministry and we are going camping. We are going way up in the mountain. I think it's like 8,000 feet. And so we are going to be, be there. We're having group sessions where we're just going to talk about our theme and talk about uh, uh, what we've laid out there in a few different sessions. But we're also going to have time to connect, do activities together, and really get to connect with each other. Last time at this man camp, uh, I think we had like 55 guys there. It was awesome. And it's a really great experience just to get up, away. I don't even know if we have cell service. So uh, it, it really does unplug you in a very great way just to connect with other guys. And we need that more than ever. You can register online, and it's, the cost is $50, and it's not far. It's just right up at Blue Ridge uh, Mountain. We're up, uh, where is that? What's that ski resort up there? Mountain High, so it's right there. So, And then our women's retreat is super important. It's September 24th through 25th. And ladies, if we do a ladies' event, you guys are literally blowing the men's ministry out of the water. And so uh, we don't like that. So, guys, we cannot let this happen. And uh, Christy is in our staff meeting saying, like, oh, I think I had, you know, 48 women at our last uh, little retreat or little meeting. And we're like, What? Okay, we got a separate game up. But ladies, we love what God's doing in the church. We love that you're connecting, and we love that you're getting to just spend time with each other. So that retreat's going to be amazing. It's a Friday night and a Saturday night, half day on Saturday. It's, we're going to have dynamic speakers, worship. We're going to give a little swag bag away. Chad, we need to t- take these ideas for men's uh, breakout sessions and more. It's $45, and um, I, I, I highly recommend you sign up. It would be a great way to connect with other ladies in the church. Feel free to bring someone else in who needs to just be in a very positive, uplifting, and encouraging environment. So you can sign up online for that. Now, time for our, our, our main uh, event, which is, uh, for me, I'm very passionate about this. We, as a church, and as an elder team, and as a staff, uh, the number one thing I hear really from our churches, Fifth Sunday Speakers. I love it because at first it was, well, we're just starting a church. we got to talk about our church. And when we started bringing in different church planners around the area, we felt like one Paul, if he was to give an instruction right today, he would say, lift up other churches, help other churches get started, and bring the gospel all over, right? Not just here, but everywhere. And so we feel that call, and we know how hard it, Pat, we know how hard it is to start a church. 
and we know how difficult it is, and God has to just keep bringing people around us and keep using the body to encourage each other. We are not in competition with each other. At the end of the day, we all report to heaven, right? We all report to heaven, and so for us, it's a huge deal for us uh, to support other church plants. We committed to every fifth Sunday to take all of our general offerings for the week and then just give it to the church plant. It was a step of faith, but God has been incredibly uh, uh, gracious to us as a church in the same way. We've never looked back. And I just want to thank you for your generosity to, to, to just say, we're on board with this. We want to see other churches thrive. And so uh, Pat in City Church is doing something very, very unique. And man, when I went and saw, yeah, you can come up, Pat, um, saw what they're doing. We just have to be a part of it. And so if God moves you in your heart to even support further what they're doing to change their city and bring the gospel in a unique way, um, let, don't stop God from leading your heart. And so I want to welcome up Pat. He's going to come up and share with us, share a little about what you're doing and share a bit of a message. And so can you guys welcome up Pat Dursky? Thanks, brother. Thank you. It is a, a joy to be with you this morning. Um, love the heart of your church, the way you're serving your city, uh, the, the commitment that you have. Um, and, uh, and it's just a joy to be with you today. Look forward to uh, sharing some stories and sharing some of the scriptures with us. I want to maybe do a little bit of rewind to go back to the beginning. Uh, it was um, in January of 2010 that we moved into the city of Compton. Uh, my wife and I had a call to plant, and uh, we wanted to not go alone. And so we gathered a group of people to go on a retreat. Um, and we know that in Luke chapter 4, Jesus went out into the desert. So we too went out into the desert. It was Palm Springs, but it was, uh, it was not <laughs> quite the same way. But we were in the desert. And as we were there, it was an opportunity to retreat together and to begin to go, God, what are you saying to me? Um, is there a stirring that's beginning to take place in other people's hearts? We had some clarity of what we wanted to be a part of as we moved into the city. We had a conviction that a city's transformed from the inside out, and so we were asking people that if you want to come be a part of the church plant, we're asking you to either purchase a house or rent an apartment uh, as we begin to, to move in. Um, and that was uh, a strong conviction, and unfortunately about half the people left after we made that announcement. Um, but since then, there's been 15 either individuals or families who have purchased a house or rented an apartment uh, within our area, about 10 blocks away from us from the start of the, of the church. And as we got away, there were multiple scriptures we began to look at um, and was when we were in Palm Springs, and one of the things that came up was a passage from Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 11. Um, I had no idea that this passage would stick with us for so many years. Uh, we, just, we looked at many passages that day, uh, but this was one that really we, we continue to, to hang on to. And so if you want to look along, I think it's behind me, maybe on a screen. Um, if you want to find it in your Bible or look on an app or however you do that. Uh, one of the traditions we have at our church is to stand for the reading of God's word. So would you do that with me today? Um, and so we're going to stand. And, and this is Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 4. It says this. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, 
do not decrease. <clears throat> also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets or diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams uh, you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are complete for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for you to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. So we begin to have uh, Jeremiah beginning to, to write to the captives in Babylon, instructing them to move ahead with your life, um, even though that you are uh, in a tough time, begin to pray for the, the nation that you're a part of, that you've uh, been enslaved to, and the life cannot come grinding to a halt in this moment. Instead, it feels like it is troubling times, it is unpleasant, it is distressing, but we must adjust and keep moving forward. Exile isn't fun, right? You may find yourself praying for leaders you don't enjoy, praying for leaders you don't like, yet how you act is gonna shape the outcome of what will be later. I think one of the things that stood out to us about this passage was that nothing happens quickly. I mean, the, the instructions that you begin to have from the beginning is that you should build houses, you should settle down, right? You should um, have children. You should plant gardens. I mean, none of these things happen quickly. I'm not sure if, if anyone here tried one of those home, uh, you know, pandemic projects at your house. Maybe you didn't tackle a bathroom remodel ever before in your life, and you thought, this, this is the year to do it. And then it takes you, like, the whole year to do it. Um, I know of some people like this that, that it happened to. And we begin to find that when you enter into to a building project or if you have one of these that takes place at your house, it's always far longer than you expect. It, it always feels like I, I thought this would be done last week, last month, far earlier than what you're, you're experiencing. And I think part of what we begin to find is, is that we are called to, to build houses. Now, there's a picture uh, of our property um, this is uh, where we began to, to move in years ago. If you want to show that picture, um, there we go. Uh, and, and what you begin to see here, this is from uh, our driveway. It's a long driveway. It's uh, two properties that are joined together. There's an easement on the driveway. Um, this is where we live. There are three houses on this property. So um, my wife and I um, and our two kids, my wife's here. This is Julie. It's our uh, kids, Anna and Joshua. Um, and then this is Bree, who lives with us as well. She, uh, she's on mission with us, living there, and a good friend, Roger, who's joining us today. And part of what we have is on the right-hand side is our house, and then there's another house the whole way in the back. And there's Barry and Lizette, who are, uh, who they, Barry is a teaching elder at our church. Lizette begins to uh, begin to be an advocate for adolescents who are experiencing human trafficking uh, and gets to be a voice uh, for them. On the left-hand side are the Escobars. They run our Spanish service. Uh, and then all the way in back is our church. Um, we joke that 10 years ago, we started meeting in the garage in the back. Uh, and there was 20 of us that were gathered in the garage and eight people that we were, uh, began to disciple. 
Um, and then uh, when we purchased the other side of the property, uh, we moved into a four-car garage. Um, so it's like, hey, a lot of good things start in garages, right? Google, Apple, um, <laughs> churches, uh, whatever you begin to have. So we, we begin to see that there's this commitment that you begin to have to be present in the neighborhood. Now for us early on, um, we didn't realize what just simply moving in would be as good news. Now God was up to good way before we got there and we wanted to partner and begin to point out all the places that God was at work and simply participate in the ministry of Christ. But we also found that um, our property had a reputation. Uh, we could feel this after 10 months of praying and driving around the city that we finally came to this property and, and really felt like God made it really clear to be here. And after the purchase of the property, we found out from some neighbors that it had a nickname, which was the pharmacy. Uh, and so this was the spot very early on that in the first year of our church, we would have people pull up to the gate um, and ask for uh, some, some certain items that they have and like, no, we're, we're different, we're a church now. You know, like uh, there's some confusion of, of uh, what, what we're distributing uh, in this space. <laughs> and so there was, a, you know, this got to be the call. And so part of it was just eliminating some bad news and beginning to be present. And, and every one of these properties were, were redone. It was a brand new build on the right-hand side at the picture you're looking at and a full remodel on all the other ones. And so we felt like there's this commitment to building houses and planting gardens. Uh, I think the next picture begins to show this is the, our, our front yard that we begin to have. And when we first began to, to move in, it felt like Compton was a food desert, that there were very few options to, to find uh, good food and healthy food at a, at a fair price. And so part of what we wanted to do right from the beginning was to, to plant fruit trees all across the front of uh, our property. Um, and some people asked us, well, you know, I mean, we have avocado and that's a banana tree in the corner and a bunch of other citrus and kumquat and oranges and you know grapefruit and people like hey you're planting them right by the fence aren't you worried that people are going to take them which we said hopefully we want to begin to provide opportunities for people that it's so close you can just reach out and grab it there's a fruitfulness you want to begin to to call people into uh, there's a, a a master gardener called ron finley he's called the gangster gardener um, and he's from Watts, and Ron, Ron Finley says he has this conviction that there are more kids dying from drive-throughs than drive-bys. And part of what we wanted to do is to, to create and point to healthy living options for us, and so our after-school program has been a part of planting uh, some, some vegetables in these uh, garden beds that are here, and it's been fun for people to begin to see um, you know, the, the whole process from start to finish uh, of what it looks like, and so planting gardens there, there feels like there's a call to be a builder, right? To build houses. So you are a builder. There's, there's a call to, to plant gardens, which you are a cultivator. That's what we're called to do. You're, you cultivate environments. You cu cultivate the, the very ground that you're at. And then finally, um, you begin to see that you're, you're called to have children. Give your children away in marriage. This isn't going to happen quickly. And so part of what we're called to be is multipliers, so you're, you're builders and you're cultivators and you're multipliers. When we started our church, there was one child under the age of seven. And then I think uh, we had a lot of young families. That's one way to grow the church. Uh, it was about five years in, there was 30 kids under the age of seven. And it felt like, all right, here's a way to begin to engage in the community, get to be present, get to invite people in. And part of our heart has always been, um, how do we have the long game in mind? 
Nothing's going to happen quickly. <clears throat> Verse 10 tells us, when 70 years are complete, this is not going to be a quick journey. Scholars have argued over the exact time of when this was. Uh, some say 605 to 538, with, from the first deportation of Babylon to the arrival of the first exiles back to Jerusalem after Cyrus's freedom decree. Others point to 586 to 516, from the last deportation to Babylon and the destruction of the temple until its rebuilding. And then there's a third option that people have argued about, which is to say that 70 years is the approximate number, meaning your lifetime. All agree that God sent his people into Babylon probably far longer than they hoped to be there. And yet there was a call for them to be in that moment, to, to feel like the immediate context of this letter begins to feel the contrast between Jeremiah and his word that he begins to give and the false word from Hananiah of saying, hey, it's just going to be, you know, Remember, it's, it's just going to be two weeks, and then the curve's going to drop off, and you're all going to be okay, right? I mean, that's, that's, the, that's Hananiah's word that begins to come in, and, and Jeremiah's saying, this is going to be a lot longer than you think. But yet, there's a promise in this present moment, even for something far off. And you, how you begin to live right now is going to shape uh, what the future looks like. I think for me, it's a reminder that mission is lifelong. 70 years, you're going to commit to this. We're 10 years in. Only 60 more to go, right? And you begin to feel like um, the call has been, what's your posture from the very beginning? The posture is seek the peace, peace and prosperity of the city. This is the part of how you live your life gets to shape the purpose even amidst a tough time. I think it's, it's, it's one thing that when you are in power, when you're in control, when you're at a spot of advantage, we oftentimes can move to a spot of going, okay, what are we going to do or give or how should we share this? And it seems like the word begins to come at a spot of disadvantage, of not in power. And you begin to feel like your job is to be a culture shaper even amidst times where it's feeling like defeat. Even in times where it feels like it's just uphill. And this is what we begin to, to see that's taking place. It's like, seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city. Seek, it's like, what, how do we find it? Find out, what does it look like? I think for us, when we first moved in, we, we found that the, the fear level was so high on our street. Uh, people were, were not talking to each other um, and there was a lot of suspicion. And so when we first moved in, uh, it felt like there was just this word from Thessalonians of learn to lead a quiet life and be busy working with your hands, which felt like a really bad evangelism strategy. Um, but it felt like, let's just be present here for a while. Let's just be available. And then after living there for, for four months, it's like, hey, it's, it's time to finally reach out into our community. I think we should do an Easter egg hunt. So let's go and flyer the neighborhood and begin to, to invite them into, we're going to have lunch together, we are going to, uh, you know, um, play some games, and there's going to be an Easter egg hunt. Not, not real fancy, right? And we began to hand flyers out down our street, and we had an incident like this that took place two or three times. As we began to, to share of, 
hey, we're going to play some games. We're just down here. We're on, on Peck Street. We're the larger yard. Uh, come have, have lunch with us. We're going to play some games, Easter egg hunt. Okay. Um, are they going to be there? Is who, is who going to be there? Are, are they going to be there? I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not really following who what you're talking about. Who, who are you talking about? Are, are they going to be there? I'm, I'm, I'm a little slow. Sorry, I'm not following what, what you're saying. Are the brown people going to be there? Oh, yeah, white, black, brown, everybody's invited uh, down the street. And we had this both ways in this awkward conversation as you begin to, to walk down the street, and then Easter came, and about 80 people showed up for this first event that we began to have, and a bunch of people from the neighborhood, and as people were leaving the gate, one woman stops on, on her way out. And she says, I lived on this street for six years. I've met more people today than I have in the last six years. And so part of it for us has felt, yes, praise God. Part of it for us has, has felt like uh, what Father Boyle oftentimes talks about. Father Boyle is one who leads Homeboy Industries. It's the largest gang intervention program in the world. And Father Boyle would say, our goal is to become kin together. That if we can hear someone else's stories and we begin to know their stories, we can no longer demonize them. And I think what we've tried to, to be as City Church of Compton is to be front yard people, to continue to have events where the, the fear begins to go down because you start finding that there are people who are a lot like you and have the same hurt and pain that, uh, that you have as well. And so we find that, that this has been uh, taking place. And so maybe a quick question for, for each one of us too is, is do you know what bad news is in your neighborhood? Do you know what bad news is in your neighborhood? And as you begin to, to see the bad news, how do we become people who find a hurt and heal it, find a need and fill it, seek the peace and prosperity of the city, and step into it? Verse 11 begins to, to show us that, that we, we begin to um, follow God, even when he says, I have plans for you, declares the Lord, plans for you to prosper and not to harm you, to give you hope in a future. And we are following a God into the unknown. The future is bright, even though the present doesn't always feel that way. And we begin to find that there may be moments, kind of moments that they're living in at the, at the time of the thief comes to steal and destroy, but I've come to give you life and to have it more abundantly. Uh, and so part of it for us, from the very beginning, this was in us, the, this uh, mission statement, to begin to, to have Jeremiah at the heart of it. And we just reworked it after 10 years, and we found ourselves uh, saying that City Church of Compton is about following Jesus, loving each other like family, and to seek the well-being of the city. I feel like this is still in us. We have to seek the well-being of the city. There are a lot of ways to do that. Um, as the, the pandemic hit, uh, part of what we did with our catering business is we oftentimes are wondering, how does the ministry and marketplace come together? Our catering business is a for-profit business, but we also found that as the pandemic hit, we're like, hey, there are a lot of people who are in need, and we like to cook, and it seems like a simple thing to do to make more food. And we also wanted to provide dignity for people because if you're hungry, it's good to just get something to eat, right? But if you get brisket or some ribs or some pulled pork or chicken, whatever we were making, we just said, we're going to make extra and we're going to do 40 to 50 meals 
for our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness. I think there's a picture of, of Barack and Anthony. This is Anthony, is one of the guys that uh, we would oftentimes see each week when we come out. Um, Anthony didn't just want the food. Every week, Anthony's always like, hey, hey, pray for me, pray for me. Uh, and then he'd lean in and put his arm around you, and you're like, it's not quite six feet. But I mean, like, a, hey, the, this, but others too, similar requests. Can I get a hug? And then week in and week out, you start to find that our local parks that we oftentimes drove by, um, you start knowing names. And so it's Craig on the corner. And then you turn the corner, and then it's Angel, and it's Michael, and this is Anthony, and others. And you begin to find that uh, hey, people have stories and a name. And it's like, how do we begin to, um, begin to combine some of our passions that we have to connect with others? Another way for us to, to seek the peace and prosperity of the city has been um, to have an art camp each year. For the last 10 years, um, we've, we've had an art camp. I think there's a picture of this as well. Uh, and, and part of that is uh, we had 130 kids. It felt like things were awakening again, 130 staff and, and, and kids. And the fun part for us is we feel like we want to be incarnational, na neighborhood-based. And so for the great majority, over 80% of all of our kids walk to our art camp. It's from three to five blocks away. They're, they're walking to come and be a part of it. And there's just been some, some fun stories. I think there's one more picture as well of them eating, uh, eating dinner each night. So we do it in the evening and, and eat a meal together. Uh, and just to, to highlight one or two stories, one, um, it was a great year because we had people come back that haven't, uh, have ever served on staff before. And it's because they're young leaders who went through art camp years ago, and now they're back beginning to serve their, their neighborhood. There are also someone who is brand new. Christopher grew up in Compton. Uh, he's uh, probably young 20s, 21, 22. And one of his comments after the few days in was like, I wish there was something like this for me. And what's, what is Christopher doing? He's seeking the peace and prosperity of the city. Even though he didn't experience it, he's there serving himself. It's Yael who uh, helped with music, and in, on Thursday when everyone's tired, she's like, how you doing? And she's like, great, I love this. It's so good to give back. I've received so much in my life, and it just feels good to, to be giving back. And so we feel like there's been uh, moment after moment of, of opportunities to love the, the people in our, in our neighborhood. Just want to highlight another story, too. It felt like we were uh, awakening, so to speak, of, of kind of hopeful times were coming ahead, and it felt like this past Easter was the start for us on that. Um, it was uh, Easter Sunday, uh, and uh, there's, a, there's a picture here of Bernard and his mom. Uh, Bernard was someone who came to, to our church uh, 10 years ago, um, was someone who didn't have a job, trying to figure out what's next, what to do, uh, helped him get a, a job uh, from with a local plumber, and he kept it all the way till almost lunch. Um, and that was uh, the first day. wasn't real happy uh, after that on the first day. It, would, it took him the first morning to go, I think I want to do something else. And he went to school as an HVAC technician, ended up a few years later being at the top of his class. Um, he, uh, he's been working that for the last few years, seeing a, a great change in his life. But it was two years ago uh, that it was Easter Sunday. And uh, not only has Bernard's life changed, but you begin to see that um, he got to baptize his dad. 
And it felt like, what, what a great moment. Here's, here's a family that's changing. And then this Easter, he gets to baptize his mom. And you have people in his family who are still, you know, a combination of people who are still trying to figure out um, who God is, and they're on a journey, and others who, who are, and some walk by, and you're like, hey, pastor, here we go. Family's changing. Family's changing. And we begin to see it's, it's a story like Bernard's who feels like it's, it's changed in me and it's beginning to be passed on that a whole family, mom, dad, begin to experience the difference along the way. I want to get to a place where uh, uh, the, the newest adventure that we're on at, for, for City Church, that for the last uh, you know, few years, um, it was about four years ago that we started something locally called uh, Business as Mission. And we wanted to feel like, uh, what does it look like? The similar question that I just asked you is, what's bad news in your neighborhood? And I think one of the things we saw was, um, I think more people desire a job and more people desire opportunity to lead themselves. And so our conviction was, if we invest in entrepreneurs, not only do you provide them a job, but hopefully if you invest in entrepreneurs, they provide jobs for other people as well. And so we did something called Starting Right, the essentials of uh, running a small business. You want me to go to the other mic? Um, and so we, we did something um, called Starting Right, the essentials of running a small business. And then we also felt, too, like it's one thing to, to encourage people along the way and say, um, hey, we, we want, you know, if you We've heard these sayings over time, right? If you, if you teach, uh, you know, if you give someone a fish, you feed them for a day. If you teach someone a fish, you feed them for a lifetime. And you're like, yeah, but that's not really fully true. We also need to help people buy some poles and some nets and some opportunity along the way. So we started offering some micro grants uh, to, to give people an opportunity um, to step into whatever that small business looked like for them. Uh, we didn't feel like everyone needs to go into full-time, uh, you know, business. That's a side hustle for some people. Some people would come and, and, and hey, I'm trying to make 200 extra dollars for my household. And so we have a neighbor who baked cakes, and that's part of what she did. It was the start of her business. Uh, we have others who it's a, it's a, it's a part-time job, and they're videography and photographers and, that have started. And then there's other people who are, you know, closer to full-time jobs, like Arnaldo, who's our, our Spanish pastor, also runs a, a, a T-shirt shop. Um, and there's uh, our catering business that started at the same time, a local coffee shop. There are, are multiple expressions of, of people who are stepping into to, to new business opportunities. And then finally, wanted to connect people to local mentors um, because that's the real gold. Uh, the grant might seem really intriguing in the beginning, but uh, it's not all that much money, and really to have someone walk alongside you is the real gold along the way. And we've been excited to watch businesses that have started. People have the, the dignity of, of running their own business and begin to have, uh, you know, um, ways which they begin to develop this because we just see that this is what it means to, to be fully human, right? If we go back to the beginning, Genesis 1, the first thing we are called to, to be doing is to have a relationship with God, walk with him in the cool of the day, the very second thing we, we ha that happens is you get a job. That, that work is a gift. It's before the fall. It is, uh, we can expect work to be in heaven. 
I mean, it's not, it's not a curse that begins to come on us. It's the joy that we get to have, that work and worship gets to be one. And this is what we want to begin to awaken people to as well as opportunity for them to begin to live into this. And so part of what we have just uh, began to, to step into is uh, a place called The Lab. I think there's a picture of this. Uh, it was a little over um, two years. You might have saw the, the scrolling picture of a weird guy with a beard, real big beard uh, on the picture, um, because it was uh, two and a half years ago that we started this process of trying to pursue this building. Uh, we put our first offer in, and we were pretty certain that we would get it quickly. And it was um, sometime earlier that I was studying the book of Acts, and later in the book of Acts, there's the story of Paul uh, that says he made a vow to the Lord uh, that he was going back to Jerusalem um, because he had this beard that he grew, and he's going back. And I thought, the Bible's weird. Like, why do people do stuff like this? Um, and then I felt like after we put our first offer in on the building, uh, I was in the bathroom, and I felt like the Lord said to me, don't shave until you get the building, which I thought, cool, we're almost there. This shouldn't be a big deal. Uh, fast forward 24 months later um, is when we finally closed escrow and got this building. Now, we're excited about this building because we see this as the, the, the intersection of ministry and marketplace. That for us, we, we see that there are multiple things that we want to see take place here. Uh, from, uh, you know, for-profit activities, you know, the marketplace. We want to op open a coffee shop up front. Our, our catering business is going to move to a brick and mortar there as well. Um, we, we see a potential music studio that would be in this space, um, office space. People have asked us recently, uh, the building was originally built in 1955 as the Compton Counseling Center, and we just happened to have a counselor call us uh, a few weeks ago and say, hey, might there be office space? And so it feels like maybe they're even living into the original story of what the building was. And then we also see it as opportunities for, for ministry, that we want to run uh, more of our classes of uh, starting right, the essentials of running a small business. We see our church beginning to, to meet in this space. We see uh, we're a part of an organization uh, called 3DM and Empowering Missional Disciples. We want everyday people to become you know, missionaries and to disciple others. And this is what we want to train people in. Uh, we want to provide um, youth in our city not only job opportunities, uh, but also beginning to dream about what does it look like to run my own business someday. And so next summer, we're, we're beginning to, to see uh, an internship program that would allow them to uh, not only get some of the nuts and bolts of how to run a small business, but then in the afternoon, you go and work for Arnaldo at the t-shirt shop, or you work with us at the catering, or you go work in, uh, in a coffee shop, uh, that you get the combination of, of classroom and you get to go and experience it. We also begin to, to see other things like uh, the after-school program potentially meeting here. Um, but it, for the last 10 years, we've, we've committed ourselves to what uh, Paul says in Acts 20.20, 20, that I've, I've met with you in the temple and from house to house. And so we feel like we've been big on, on gathering on a Sunday also, similar to you, you have groups that begin to, to take place, and I encourage people to enjoy those, those groups and to join in there. And, and we also begin to find that there's a third space that oftentimes happens throughout Scripture, and that is the well. The well is like the commonplace. It is the, the spot where everyone goes in your city. 
And we know that there are some people who are reluctant to initially come to church or to come to some type of ministry event, but they may gladly show up for a good coffee or barbecue or music or a class of some kind. And that is our entry point, and it's there that we begin to engage with people on other opportunities. The lab for us feels like this, uh, this combination of a creative workspace. It's where we begin to find that for us, there's this call, this vocation. Vocation is really our calling. And every one of us has a calling. It's not reserved for the pastors. It's called for people to feel like I'm equally called to both pastoring and catering. And for us, we want to have other people be awakened to the spot of, hey, where you work is your worship. And so we're, we're excited about this. Uh, I think there's one more picture. This is going to be the patio area in the back. Um, doesn't it look beautiful? <laughs> you can begin to see that everything needs to be completely redone. Uh, in fact, we, I would say that uh, we're only the third owner. So it was um, a counseling business in the 70s. There's a place called Reed Bible College and Western Theological Seminary. And so they were training Christian ministers uh, here um, and so part of it for us feels like it's our commitment to begin to, to live into this spot of being the lab. It's the intersection of ministry and marketplace. It needs a lot of help. And so I just want to give an invitation for people to join in. Uh, we feel like uh, prayer is part of the response that, that's never secondary. So if you want to be praying and getting updates, uh, we would just come up and talk to myself or Julie. Um, there's our, our website. We do monthly updates on our progress that we begin to have. Uh, if you're involved in the trades of any kind, we find that this is a way for ministry. And so we need electrical, plumbing, uh, HVAC. If this is your wheelhouse um, and you feel like God's stirring in your heart to play a role, uh, we'd love for people to use some of your sweat equity to come and, and play a part that's here. And we need help for people to continue to provide grants for uh, new startups, training opportunities to, to redo this building. And so I just uh, want to say, hey, appreciate you. and We're thankful for you. Um, if you are also gifted as someone in a small business and you go, I want to be one of those mentors, someone to serve back, someone to play a part, um, just let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. But I leave us today with really this same call that we find is how do we begin to seek the peace and prosperity of the city? It can happen a million different ways, doing one thing, following Jesus, who came to seek and save the lost. And so let's follow in the same way uh, as we follow after Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this uh, opportunity. Uh, we just thank you that you are uh, calling each one of us to seek and save the lost, that you begin to call each one of us to seek the peace and prosperity of the city. And so would you begin to show us whatever simple next step you want us to live into, to simply love our neighbor, to love our family, to love our city. Um, may we begin to continue to live in that promise uh, that you have good plans for us, that even if it's hard in this moment, uh, that there are good things that are coming. So come, Lord Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.